And now, it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak. Hello everyone and welcome to Witness Radio. This is our fifth episode and I want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time to listen to the show. I know it's not easy listening to me, but hopefully the interviews have been an encouragement to you and have helped to equip you to go out of your comfort zone and share the gospel with others because we have so many people that are lost and heading to hell. We need as many laborers as possible reaching out to the lost. If you have any comments or questions for the show, please send me an email, radio at muniacfamily.com. That's radio at m-u-n-i-a-k family.com. Now, today's show is going to focus on two interviews. And it's two sides of the same worldview. You see, I've got a false convert on the one side, and I've got a secularist on the other side. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, wait a minute, that's not two sides of the same worldview, that's two different worldviews. No, and here's why. Neither of them are Christian. Neither of them are following the basic tenets of the Christian faith. Neither of them uphold the Word of God as infallible, as the ultimate authority. Therefore, I say that it's the same worldview, just dressed up in different ways. Let's go first to Aaron, our secularist, with no foundation to stand on. Miss, could I talk to you on the radio for a second? Oh, sure, why not? Okay, what's your name? Aaron. Aaron? Okay, nice to meet you, Aaron. Did you watch the uh, Grammys at all? Uh, I did not. You did not. Okay. Do you know anything about what happened at the Grammys? Uh, Taylor Swift making neck movements like she was getting kicked in the face. That's the internet. That one I didn't hear, but that sounds interesting. Uh, The big thing that happened that everyone's talking about is uh, Queen Latifah married like 25 uh, gay couples. Uh, Do you think that uh, gay couples should be allowed to get married? Absolutely. And do you think that it is morally acceptable for them to get married? Yes. Okay. Do you uh, do you base your morals off of any anything, or uh, where do you get your morals? I should say. Um, it's that I was really never raised with the idea that there was anything wrong with gay marriage or um, homosexuality in general. Okay. So would you say then your parents are what gave you your your moral standard? Um, no, because I wasn't really raised in any religious household we were pretty secular it was more of just they gave us the opportunity to learn about these things for ourselves and if we had any questions and we approached them about it they would be honest with us about their own views okay and i'm, I'm going to step this way just because the wind's coming yeah. from behind me uh, do you think that uh, maybe your conscience uh has a part to play in you knowing right from wrong at all uh yes okay and do you always listen to your conscience when it tells you what's right and wrong? I like to think so. You like to think so. Okay. So, do you consider yourself to be a good person? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to take you through a couple of quick questions right. and put you to the test, okay? Okay. Aaron, how many lies do you think you've told in your whole life? 
Ooh. I have no idea, honestly. Probably more than I care to think about. Okay. And what do you call someone who tells lies? I suppose dishonest, yeah. Okay. Uh, the that that's true, but there's an actual title that that people would call someone. Like if I were to waiting for me to call them a liar. Right. That, that's the term I was looking for. Uh, thank you for your honesty, by the way. Now, have you ever stolen anything, uh, even something small? No. Never once. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, have you ever used uh, God's name as a curse word? Uh, in what way do you mean? Uh, like. Uh, Oh my, G-O-D, uh, G-D, J-C, stuff like that. Oh, personally, I wouldn't consider it a curse word, but um, if that's your definition, then all right. Well, using using the term God or Jesus or Christ in a in a harsh way. Sorry about that. Okay, so Aaron, what I've done is I've gone through a couple of uh, the Ten Commandments to gauge your uh, how good you are, your moral standing. A lot of people say that uh, the Ten Commandments is a uh, good moral standard to live by. Um, and knowing that uh, you have broken at least two of them, do you think you would be innocent or guilty if you were to stand before God today? I was not raised in a religious household, but I did go to a church camp when I was younger. Um, and the message that we were given was not that necessarily because you do bad things it makes you a bad person, but that you should be loved no matter what your actions in the eyes of God. And I myself am a pretty secular human being, and I use my own moral compass. It's not particularly based off anything religious in order to guide myself through life. So, um, I'm thinking about your answer, and I don't think I actually got an answer to the question that I asked. Uh, if you were to stand before God today, do you think you would be innocent or guilty based on the standard that I use? I don't think I would be innocent off your standards. Not, not my standards, but um, based off of God's standards, the Ten Commandments. I'm not going to pretend to know what God would make of me. Okay. Uh, well, Aaron, uh, why is it why is it that you have a, a uh, secular belief? Or I don't know that that would necessarily be a belief uh, or non-belief. Why, why do you why do you choose that that path? Why do I choose to act more secularly? upset you it's just sort of oh you're, you're not upsetting me this is just a regular radio interview I'm just asking okay so um, would you consider yourself to be more like an agnostic or sure. leaning more down towards the atheist path uh, depends on day to day I could say agnostic sure okay so um, is there what, what is it that you believe happens after we die anything I think we have to go somewhere. I don't necessarily believe in a classic version of heaven or hell. Okay. So, what uh, do you? Is there something that you believe, or you're just not sure? Just not sure. Okay. Well, Aaron, I want to thank you so much for talking to me. Let me pull that down a little.
Erin was a tough one to interview. She was coming from a foundation where there was no foundation. She didn't know what she believed. In fact, when I asked her if she was an agnostic or an atheist, she didn't even really know how to answer that question. Parents, this is why we need to make sure that we teach our children the foundations of the Christian faith because they need to know why we believe, what we believe, where we stand, and that we stand on a firm foundation. Now going back to something that Erin said, she talked about going to church camp once, and the message of this church camp and most modern evangelical churches is God loves you, so love others. That sounds nice, but it doesn't make sense to the unconverted without sharing the law beforehand. You see, she just thought it was a nice principle to live by, to love people. It had no spiritual implications for her. And that's one of the major problems with the modern gospel, the modern love message. Don't preach anything else, just love. And that is a big problem because people don't understand why Jesus came, why he died, and why we need him to save us. You know, I also noticed that Aaron refused to answer the questions about judgment. It seemed like she was really putting a, a, a brick wall up at that moment when I started to delve into the judgment questions. And her heart was probably pricked, not enough to be contrite and repentant or anything like that but she was definitely fighting you know sometimes that happens you just you gotta back off the route that you're going and just talk to them a little bit more now you'll notice where i ended this conversation i didn't share the gospel with her i just kind of stopped and well that's because i was unsure of where to go next it happens to all of us i'm sure it even happens to ray comfort the man who can witness to anybody but I left her with a gospel tract. So even though I did not personally share the gospel with her, I didn't personally witness to her, she still got the gospel. And that's why it's very important to always carry gospel tracts. You never know when you'll get tongue-tied or you won't know what to say next. Maybe they'll stump you. At that point, say thanks for talking with me. Here's something to remember me by and give them a tract. Let's move on to the next clip. I'm here on the campus of University of Cincinnati with Chris, and we're talking about the Grammys that happened this past week with uh, Queen Latifah uh, marrying like 25 uh, gay couples. Chris, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's a respectable thing to bring up the issue of gay rights onto the mainstream media discussion spotlight. Um, I think, however, that the agenda for such an event might have had other motivations than simply just forwarding the issue for gay equality and gay rights. And if you're pushing that forward on a, as a marketing scheme, it might not be so as acceptable to other people. But it's definitely a, a smart move if you want people to start talking about you. It's definitely a smart move if you want people tuning in and getting the higher viewing numbers, which I think it was very effective at doing. Uh, so do you think that uh, that there's a possibility that it was simply done to uh, further the homosexual agenda or anything like that? Um, I don't think that there's a single person in the media industry that wants to further a certain agenda. Mm -hmm. I think it would certainly help the cause in the sense that more people talk about it. At the same time, though, 
the extravagance of such an event might also hurt it at the same time. Because when you're pushing for something in terms of equality, you want to make it sound, seem like something natural and not um, foreign. But when you blow something out of proportion, you wouldn't blow a normal wedding out of proportion like this at a Grammy. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you might push people who might be on the fringe a little further away from acceptance. Gotcha. So do you think gay marriage is morally acceptable? Um, coming from a Christian perspective, I do think it's acceptable. Okay. So, uh, I guess then you have a Christian background. What type of, uh, do you have any specific uh, denomination or anything? Yeah, I was raised Episcopal, and so we were actually one of the first um, denominations in the United States to support um gay rights and in fact we were the first denomination I believe to have a gay bishop ordained by the church so would you say that uh, your, your Christian faith is what guides you and what where you base your morals on um, I am who I am largely because of my faith um, I don't let it control my daily decisions that I make but I do base a lot of what I view as how to properly treat people um based on my faith and one of the biggest things that the Christian doctrine teaches us is acceptance as well as forgiveness and love um, and I think those are core principles that shouldn't be denied to anybody okay. even if you disagree with them and do you think that your maybe your conscience helps to guide whether or not uh, you're doing something right or wrong absolutely absolutely and do you always listen to that conference? Not all the time. No one's no one's perfect. We we make mistakes, but I think for the most part, um, a lot of people I would hope identify the same way. Okay. And uh, what would you say is the the main point or premise of Christianity? The main point and premise of Christianity, um, if you want to look at it at its most fundamental black and white tenet. I would say it's a rule book or a guidebook on how to live a good life. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, from the most blanket statement, it's a step-by-step -step guideline as to how to be a good person. There are other ways to be a good person and to live a life that would be deemed socially appropriate, but this is one way, and it's an effective way. It's been around for a very long time, and it has a lot of good lessons to teach you. Um, And so I think from just that most basic principle, I think Christianity is, is valid not only because of the faith which I do believe in, but also on the basis of the teachings that it has to offer. Okay. Now, you mentioned a, a second ago that uh, Christianity helps you to, to be a good person. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of your base for trying to be a good person. Do you consider yourself to be a good person? I do. Okay. I'm going to take, take you through a quick test here, Chris. All right. All right. How many lies do you think you've told in your whole life? More than necessary. <laughs> okay. So, Chris, what do you call someone who tells more than necessary lies? A liar. Okay. And, Chris, have you stolen anything irrespective never. of the value? No, never. Okay. You just admitted to being a liar. I that, is sure not... that is true. That is true. I have had struggled with lying through my... When I, when I was young, and I had a bad relationship with my family because of it. But since then, I've, I've tried growing up and being truthful is, is very important to me nowadays. Okay, well that's good. So you've never like illegally downloaded music off the internet or anything like that? I have downloaded music off the internet. 
Okay, it was it stuff where you paid for it, or was it stuff where you didn't pay for it, you know, the illegal way? Um, well, a lot of the music wasn't stuff you might not be able to purchase on, say, iTunes, so I'm not sure what to call that. Okay. Um, but things like YouTube remixes that aren't listed as for sale, they're just independent artists doing their own thing. Um, if I like the music, I'll sometimes support them. Um, other times, it's just for download. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll move on from there. I'll I'll let you I'll let you slide on that one. All right. Uh, have you ever used God's name as a curse word? Yes, I have. Okay, that one's called blasphemy. That is. And last one. This is the big one. Uh, Jesus said, "You've heard it said of old, do not commit adultery." But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman with lust has committed adultery already in his heart. Have you ever looked with lust? I have. I'm in a long-term relationship. It's been over a year. But, you know, it's it's something that a lot of people, I think biologically is natural, but you have to be able to be the higher man and resist those temptations and those urges to be able to overcome that. Okay. Well, Chris, what I just did is I went through four of God's Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And you've admitted to me that you are a liar, mm-hmm. a blasphemer, and an adulterer at heart. So if God were to judge you based on that standard, do you think you would be innocent or guilty? I would be guilty as heck. Okay. And do you think you would go to heaven or hell knowing um, that you're guilty? Knowing that I'm guilty, I would probably be condemned, as all people probably would, but through having the faith and acceptance of Jesus. Um, e- explain are, that one to me a little bit. Uh, the idea of redemption, or by accepting the gospel, we are absolved of our sin. We are forgiven of our sins, and we are allowed entry into heaven based on the love and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Um, okay, so what did, what did Jesus do? He died for our sins, and he lived the perfect life okay and how can we how can we get that uh that forgiveness of sins like you're talking about um well i guess different denominations have different views um the catholics say that you have to earn the forgiveness through confession and other things like that um episcopals say you simply just have to accept and you would be forgiven as well but I think the one thing that they all have in common is you, you have to first acknowledge Jesus, and you have to acknowledge his love, and you have to acknowledge that you're imperfect and that you can't get to heaven on your own. Okay. Uh, so what is, it that, uh, what is it that Jesus is saving us from? He's effectively saving us from our own selves in that regards. Okay. Do you, do you believe in the... Uh, the doctrine that uh, some Christians believe, the doctrine of hell? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, I know Jesus has alluded to hell in a lot of parables, um, such as the throwing the chaff into the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, the old biblical translation of hell in the Old Testament was Sheol, mm-hmm. which was literally translated the area outside of a town where they would burn their trash. Okay. Um, so literally, when they're, he's saying you your body would be thrown into Sheol, you would be thrown into that pit of trash and burned as and discarded. Um, and that translation then was moved into the hell that we, we hear of. Um, 
I don't know the answer to that question. Okay. Uh, well, you know, uh, Jesus talked more about uh, hell than he did heaven. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, you know, a lot of it is Sheol or Gehenna or even Hades um, is the, the terms that he would use. And, you know, regardless of what it was, he was talking about a literal place. Um, if I remember correctly, Matthew 25-ish, uh, you know, talks about how uh, don't don't fear those who can uh, hurt you or kill you, but fear the one who can uh, kill you and send your body to hell, or send your soul to hell. Mm. You know, and he he was mentioning, you know, he was making it very clear that there is a, a place of eternal punishment. Um, and, you know, he, he first was talking about heaven, how that's eternal, and then he was talking about hell, how that's eternal. You know, so he, he's talking about two places, heaven and hell, both are eternal. Um, but, you know, if we do something wrong, do you think that we should be punished for our, like, uh, sins, you know, lying and stealing and whatnot? Do you think we should be punished if we've done something wrong? Um, that's a difficult question. I mean, to accept from my own personal wrestling with my faith, I assumed that if one is to accept hell is, is as real as heaven, then one has to also accept that, and accept that God is all-knowing and all-powerful, that he would create man knowing that we would forsake his own commands, therefore his creation, he created something that would itself be doomed to eternal suffering mm. and in my imperfect mind I wonder why a perfect all good being would create something just simply to punish it for eternity which seems to be bad mm. and then therefore it could no longer be all good right but it is still all knowing and all powerful mm. and do that leads me to wrestle with that spiritually okay. do you remember the, um, the book of Genesis Yes. Um, with Adam and Eve. Yeah, that, you know. that's what I'm referring to. Right, yeah. At the beginning, you know, everything was created perfect, and then... It know, and it was they, good. Right, they screwed up, and then that's when uh, the Bible says a curse was put upon all of creation. You know, so that's why we don't have, you know, everything good now. Uh, but going back to Jesus, what you were talking about, you know, he came and died on the cross for us. Mm -hmm. He was a sacrifice, you know, God knew from the beginning that we were going to screw up. So he planned way back then to send his son to die on the cross for us. And then, you know, he rose him from the dead three days later, showing that the payment was was satisfactory. You know, and I think, you know, with, you know, realizing that hell is a real uh, punishment for those who have committed sin and knowing that, like you said, we're all doomed, I don't you think that kind of makes the whole thing of Jesus coming and dying on our behalf uh, make it more sense? It would make more sense that way. Okay. So, uh, Chris, I know we're running long here. Um, what, uh, I don't remember if I asked you this, what must, say, say I'm, I'm someone who doesn't know Jesus, you know, I, I've broken God's laws, uh, I'm heading for hell. What what must I do to be saved? Um, aside from 
learning God's law and understanding God's law, I'd say that the first thing that you need to do is accept. Accept the nature of what you've done, accept the nature of who you are, accept the nature of your actions, and understand that you're not perfect, you're not all-knowing, you're not all-good, you're not all-powerful, you're fragile, you're human, you're broken, um, and that you can't do it on your own. Okay. And that's where God and the Bible comes in. Uh, there's a word that uh, a lot of uh, older people use. It's the word repentance. Mm -hmm. Does that have anything to play with being saved? Um, I think so. Okay. I, I, I would equate what I just said as, as, as repentance in a way. It's the first step. Full repentance is, of course, accepting Jesus, I think, and then actively living each day with that in mind. Would um, you say it could be considered like turning away from your old life, turning away from your sins? Well, that's that's more complicated because repentance isn't, some, in my view, worldview, isn't something that you just simply do and you're done. It's not 20 Hail Marys and it's not our, our like 10 Our Fathers. Mm -hmm. It's it's a conscious act that we live our entire life. It's something that will be up and down. Because if someone could repent perfectly, we wouldn't have needed Jesus to come on the cross. They would be just able to live fine. Right, right. And um, I, I'm not saying, uh, you know, repent as in we never sin again. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm saying repent as in we no longer uh, desire to live the sinful lifestyle, but we desire to, you know, to turn to, to Jesus, to turn to God, you know, to do what he wants. Mm -hmm. Occasionally there is a slip-up, yes, but we still are trying to go the other way, away from sin, right? That, that's kind of repentance. Yeah, I think this is good we have this talk. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, one last thing is uh, Jesus said uh, to repent, but he also said to believe the gospel. What is the gospel? Um, are we talking... Just the, the biblical gospel, are we talking all of the gospels? Um, and to me, the gospel is simply the recordings of Jesus' words and actions as he lived, um, as described by the apostles and those who knew him. Okay. So the gospel could, uh, in a quick sentence, could be summed up as what Jesus did on the cross and rising from the dead. Yes. That's the gospel. Yes. Okay, so when Jesus said repent and believe the gospel, he was saying basically to... Repent and believe in me. Right, to, to turn away from I've your done. sins, to turn to me, to put your trust in me, right? Mm -hmm. And to follow him. Okay. Well, Chris, I want to thank you so much for talking to me no, on Witness you. Radio. I'm, I'm sure you don't get many volunteers at this time where it's all cold and outside, but it was really wonderful speaking with you today. It, I agree, and I, I'm so glad that... Uh, you were coming into the place where we could sit down and stay warm while we're talking. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Matthew chapter 7 verses 21 through 23. Unfortunately, there's many people who claim to know who Jesus is, who claim to follow him. Listening to what Chris was saying sounded very much 
un-Christian or non-Christian. For example, he was justifying his sin, saying that it was normal that everybody does it. Now that's true. It is normal for us to sin, and we all sin. The Bible makes that clear, that none of us do good, no, not one. But that doesn't mean that it's okay. And another thing that I noticed is he wasn't real sure on the doctrine of hell. Typically, with modern evangelical denominations, they will get rid of the doctrine of hell because they don't understand it. They have a God is love message, and hell doesn't make any sense. Therefore, they get rid of it. While I was talking with Chris, though, even though I had my suspicions that he was a false convert due to his answers, I was still trying to guide him to the correct answers. Because I do want him to be saved, and I do want him to have the correct answers. Hopefully, he will learn more about the Bible and what it says. And lastly, I loved the end of this conversation because Chris was so thankful that we had this conversation, it shows me that he probably didn't have answers to some of the harder points of Christianity. I mean, the gospel doesn't make sense without the law of God showing us that we are sinful and that we need a savior. He was probably taught, God is love, don't worry about the rest. Thank you again so much for listening to Witness Radio. Again, if you have any questions or comments, please send me an email, radio at muniacfamily.com radio at m-u-n-i-a-k family.com and if you want to listen to more episodes go to witnessradio.weebly.com witnessradio.w-e-e-b-l-y.com thank you again and god bless you